Amen. Well, it is it is great to be together this morning. Good morning. Uh, if you're joining us this morning uh, from out of town or just you're in town and, and you found us, it's great to have you here. We are the Burlington Church of Christ. And my name is Mike. Uh, I have the privilege of being the minister, the full-time minister for our congregation. And um, I'm excited about the new year and, and the new theme that, that comes with it. Now, in America, we, I would say, we are, not just even in America, the world right now is more connected than it's ever been. Like, you can talk to India, or someone in Algiers, or someone in China, or someone in Japan, or Taiwan, or Europe, or South Burlington, as easy as you can anybody else these days. Right? I mean, it's... it's you just, you, we're, we, we can post pictures and people can see them like instantly, essentially. I mean, just, just in moments of things that you're doing, people can know what you're doing, where you are, what's going on with you. I mean, it, across the world, we're more connected. And yet at the same time, we live in a time where people, I think, are more disconnected than ever. Right? Where, where we can connect more with people that we don't actually physically see, more than we can connect with people who live, you know, 200 feet from us next door, right? Or even the people that, that work next to us. We have the human interaction and the way we interact with our relationships is so different these days. And, and I think that what's amazing is God made us to be like Him. I said, you know, in, in the beginning, it said that God said, let us make man in our image. Right? And he's talking about between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and saying, hey, we share this incredible bond. Let's, let's make some people that we can just pour out our, our love into, too, because this is awesome. And, and they said, and let's make them like us to be able to have the type of relationships that we have and, and to have those experiences. And, and it's amazing to think that our God, that God is a God of relationships. And when you think about it, you know, he is, in, even in Genesis chapter 2, you know, we see that God made mankind. He made man and he said, I'm, he walks with man in the garden. He spends time with them. And, and you know, it's, it's one of those things where he goes, even with humanity, after he made a man, he said, you know what, it's not good for a man to be alone. Let me, let me make a woman. And, and you had the first like human relationship there. Right? And that was amazing. And, and seeing how all of that grew. But God just goes, you know what? It's, he, needs, he needs someone else too. He needs connection. He needs relationship because he's like us. You know? And, and she needs it too because she's like us. And so you, when you consider that, that's what, how God has, has made us and defined us. Man, he is such a God of relationship, of, of connection. And when you think of even after the fall of man, right? So, so humanity gets deceived and they get persuaded to, uh, the woman gets persuaded by the serpent to eat the fruit from the tree that God said, hey, don't do that. And, and then she ends up sharing with a man and, and then you have the first damaged relationship because the guy's like, hey, she, she, you put her here. She made me do it. It's her fault. And already things start to fall to pieces, right? I mean, we're, we're just damaging relationships. Sin, sin gets in there. Deceit gets in there and starts just destroying things. And God's like, I can't, 
You can't be here now. And so man, that's the fall of man. God has to send them away and exile them out of the garden. And he doesn't totally leave them, but he can't be with them, be with us the same way anymore. Right? But he's still saying, I want the relationship with you. And so when you look at what he does to the Israelites, he, he tells the Israelite people, he says, hey, you will be the people that I reach the rest of the world through. You're going to be the people, I'm going to pick you. I'm going to have a special relationship with you. And through you, I'm going to bless the rest of the world. And then he gives them this system, this way of living. He gives them the old law and says, if you live like this, it's, it's going to help our connection. And it's going to help us be able to, to interact better. And not only is it going to help you and I, right? It's, it's not going to just help the Israelite people and God. The way that he gives them to live, it, it helps the whole community. Really, if they live by it. I mean, you think about it, even the way they did their financial system. If you ever study how the Jewish people were supposed to do finances, it'll blow your mind. Because you, like, the idea of, of charging interest was actually forbidden in the law. Like, you could not charge somebody usury. Like, there was no interest. And, and so no one could be, like, in greater indebted to you. The society was to help create a system of equality and, and aid and justice and not to destroy, but to aid and help and build up. And that's how God designed it. And, and as in all things that tends to happen with men, we get our hands on things and Kind of slides downhill, right? But even from there, it's like, so you see that God's going, hey, this is going to help you, this is going to help me, this is going to help all of you together as a community. And then he says, but also, as you do this, you're going to be a, a, you're going to have a great impact on the world. And it's through you that I'm going to bless the rest of the world. And, and that's just the story of how it started with the Israelites. Because God is a God of relationship, wanting to connect to him to them, them to each other, and the Israelites to the world. And I believe that he's still doing that today through us. And, and how he's done that, though, is eventually it becomes through Jesus. And the fruition of God as the ultimate God of relationship comes through in Christ. Because not only God decided, no, 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 no. I don't just want you to do these rituals and these things and, and to, to have this ritual purity or, and just to experience you from afar. He goes, no, I'm going to become a man. And I'm going to come and, and live with you as a person. I'm going to come so that I can fully understand you as God. I'm going to become a person so I can understand you. In an incredible way. And... To me, it's, it's where he becomes human. He just shows us how much he desires a connection to us. Right? And he comes as Jesus with the purpose of, of fully restoring the relationship between God and man. To teach us even more fully how to, how to love and connect with each other and with the rest of the world. And so, that's why for this year, what we're really focusing on as a church, we're going to be talking about relationships. Relationships is... is where our hearts want to be, of, of building them up and, and, and strengthening them and creating new ones and being life and, and having incredible walks with God. 
right? And so that's why the theme for this year is going to be connected in Christ. And I said that last week, and, and uh, Wednesday we were supposed to launch everything and go through the calendars. We have some great stuff we're going to give you on Wednesday as well. Uh, but I'm going to just jump into it this Sunday, okay? And, you know, we, when we look at Jesus, we see that Jesus is the catalyst relationship for all of our others to be incredible. When, when we're connected to Christ, the cascading effect of, of that relationship is so powerful, positive, impactful, uh, in, in the way that it influences all of our lives and all of our relationships. Okay? And so, whether it's with you know, God, when we're close to Jesus, we're closer to God. When we're close to Jesus, we're closer to each other. When, we're, when we are close to Jesus, we have the opportunity and the ability to, to shine and be more effective in, in reaching and loving the world when we're closer to Jesus. Right? And so, that's why we're going to be focused on, and, and that's the, why the theme of the year is connected in Christ. If you're not connected to Christ, all of these things are going to be so much harder, and some of them will even be impossible. Right? Namely, being connected to God. And so... That's where we're going to be at. And, and I hope you can be excited about it. I mean, even what we're doing in the calendars, we're going to nick some of our big events that we've done in the past that's just about, like, let's bring tons of people. Because we want to focus on things that are going to facilitate great personal relationships. Amen? So it's, it's just going to be about and, and the interpersonal, right? Not the huge events. And I think that's exciting. It's just part of the heart to go, this is what we want to focus on this year. So if you've got a Bible, though, you know, do me a favor. Turn over to um, Ephesians chapter 2. Because with no further ado, I want to jump into this. Okay? So this morning, I've got three points for you. Alright? Connected through Christ. Oh, here we go. There's slides. Connected to Christ. This is our theme, our logo. Uh, my amazing wife put that together. Can you believe she does that on Word? I don't know about you. All of the, like, so many of the logos she does on Word. I'm like, at some point we need to... How exactly? That's the great question. I still don't understand it, but she makes it happen. Uh, Very tediously, that's how. Uh, So I've got three points for us this morning. Connected through Christ. Connected by Christ. And connected for Christ. Amen? Amen? You guys with me? So we're going to jump in and we're going to take a look here at Ephesians chapter 2. And we're going to, we're going to have the whole passage today, okay? We're going to look at all of Ephesians 2 and, and I'm going to try to, to break this down a bit for us and, and really pull this out. I think you'll be able to see it. But let's look at Ephesians 2 and we're going to start in verse 1. Paul's writing to the uh, church in Ephesus. He says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and of the ruler and of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts like the rest We were by nature objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, 
God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms and in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this, not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works for which God prepared in advance for us to do. Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles, which that's all of us, by the way, I don't think anybody in here was Jewish, right? But by birth and called uncircumcised by those who are who call themselves the circumcision. Remember, it says that done in the hands by the body by the hands of men, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenant of the promise, without hope, without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus you have been brought near through the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace, and in the one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who are near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God, people and members of God's household, built on the foundations of the apostles and the prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. And in him, the whole building is joined together, raised to become a holy temple in the Lord, and in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Now, I know that was a lot. And if you don't have a Bible, amen. You know, uh, I'll try to get through some of this and, and, and clarify where I can. So hopefully you can rein back in with me. Because when anybody reads a long passage of scripture, I can get a little distracted. You know what I mean? Anybody relate to that? So, Amen. We're going, to jump in and we're going to talk about point one. Connected through Christ. Right? And this point is all about how we are connected to God through Jesus. Right. And, and it is, this passage echoes one of Jesus' own statements when he says in John 14, No one can come to the Father except through me. Alright? And, and Jesus' point is like, hey... That's where heaven is. That's where God is where heaven is. If you want to have a relationship with God, the only way to get there is through me. And it's, it's available to everybody, right? It's not an exclusive offer. It's, it's an offer available to all of humanity. But that's Jesus' point. And it, it echoes what he's saying there. But he's, humanity is 
as I said earlier, was made for a relationship with God. But the only way to get to it now is through Jesus. And, and our connection to, to Christ is what has washed away our sins, has washed away my sins, has, has made it possible for me to be able to have a walk with God. You know, Paul writes in uh, verses 6 and 7, right? Take a, take a actually, let's, let's read three little snippets out of this really quick. We're going to read verse 4 through 7 really fast. And then we're going to jump to, to two others. Look at verse 4. But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Look here in verse 17. He says, He, that is Jesus, came and preached peace to you who were far away. Peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. And take a look at verse 22. Verse 22 says, And in him, Jesus, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. All of those just show us that, that it's, it's by Christ, it's through Christ that we're able to have this connection to God. Right? And, and I want to look here in the first, first passage that we just looked at of this. But he says in verse uh, 6 and 7 about how God has worked through Jesus to give us a place in heaven. I don't know if you, if you catch that or you saw that. And Peter actually told me he preached on this a couple weeks ago. So maybe some of us remember but Jesus is essentially saying, I have, I have gotten a seat secured for you. Jesus has done that. So it's like the ultimate dinner reservation. Like the ultimate plus one to the party. He's saying like, I've got you covered. Because God, what he wants to give you is outrageous. And, and I've secured you a spot. So imagine what this would be like, okay? So... so Imagine an event that you really, really, really want to go to. Okay, something like that you've always wanted to be at. Okay, maybe it's uh, maybe it's the it's the year that your fit your your favorite sports team is in the championship, right? Right. So, for the, if you're a Patriots fan, I mean, you know, if it's if you're a Bears fan, it's been like you know a little while. Uh, maybe next year. Maybe next year. But uh, you know, I think that if you think about, okay, one, it's already happening, and you're like, oh, I would love to be there. What if you had, if if your best friend said, I've got us seats on the 50 yard line, or I've got us seats in like. The box, like the owner's box, where they have like the 70 inch screen TVs and like free food, like the, the previous players are there, like everybody showed up. I mean, the who's who of that team is there. And, and that's who's there. And your best friend's like, I've got it. I've got you covered. Get excited. 
right? Or maybe it's, it's, maybe that's not your thing. Maybe it's a Broadway show. You're the one that wants to go, like, see Hamilton or see some other big show. And you're like, I, I am dying to see this. I so want to see it. And, and your best friend's like, I got a seat right up front. And not only do I have seats right up front, I've actually secured us seats for dinner with the whole company. We're going to go to dinner with everybody. There's going to be a party. We're going to hang out with them. You can ask all the questions. And I've got everything covered. Maybe that's your thing. Maybe, maybe you're, you don't like big things. Okay? Maybe you're like, I do not want to spend time with tons of people. That's going to cause me copious amounts of anxiety. And no, I hate that idea. Please never take me there. Uh, no, no, no. Maybe yours is your best friend shows up and says, you know what I've done? I've paid full 10-day vacation for wherever your dream place is. 10 days. You and me. We're going. And then, and then a little while later they say, but I've also asked your closest family and friends to come for parts of it. Only the ones that, that, that make you laugh and you have fun with, not the ones that stress you out. Okay, so, so not the family that's going to stress you out, just the family and the friends that you have fun with and don't stress you out. And, and they're saying, hey, we're bringing them, everything's paid for, I've got it covered, I want you to know, I'm coming too, obviously, you're not leaving me behind, I'm going to be there, right? And it's just, that's what they said, we, we've got it all done. You know, for me, as I was thinking about it, I was like, that one probably has me more excited. To have, like, my best friends in a place for ten days where I don't have to worry about the stress of anything, you know, I mean, it just... Child care is totally taken care of. Amen. Uh, and, but, so imagine this, okay? This is your ultimate plus one. The, 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 I mean, the extravagance that your best friend has gone to, to like, get all of this prepared for you. I mean, all of your favorite things, just there, ready. How amazing would that be? So just, a, just close your eyes for just a moment. Imagine your scenario. Just close your eyes and imagine how you would feel about that. Are you excited? That's what Jesus is saying. I've got a seat. And the most extravagant thing you can think of in that, this idea doesn't even compare. There is no comparison from what you are excited about now to what is coming your way once you get to be with God. And that's what Jesus has done for us. Our connection to Christ does that for us. So think about it. And you can open your eyes. I think some of us are going to be bummed. They're like, man, that was fun to think about. Uh, Think about it later. And then just envision that Jesus is saying it's going to be even better when you get to be with God. But that's where... You know, as exciting and as fun as all that would be, it just doesn't compare. The coming age is going to be so much better. What it's going to be like to be with God is going to be so much better. But it's not just about later, it's about now. We don't have to wait till later to like enjoy the love, the favor, the miracles, the incredible relationships that we get to have later, because so much of that we can already have now. Sure, we can't see God in His full radiance, you know, he says, actually, we'd like burn up like that. Uh, so I'll wait for that for my new body uh, that supposedly can withstand that, whatever that means. Um, 
But you think about this idea, and it's just saying, Jesus saying, the seats are yours, the ticket's yours, the show is there, the reservations are made, everybody's coming. Get excited. You know, I've set it up. Because your best friend loves you. That's, that's where Jesus, that's the place that he holds, right? And so, we rejoice. We can rejoice that we have, a, we presently already have a connection to God. But we can rejoice about the, the party that's coming our way. You guys get what I'm saying? So let's, let's celebrate that. And as we get more and more connected to Jesus this year, we're going to feel and, and know how good it's going to be. It won't even be close to how good it's going to be, but we'll know at least somewhat what it's going to be like. Do you guys get what I'm saying? And that's as we grow in our connection to Jesus, we grow in our connection to God, our, our joy of what we already have and what we have waiting for us. It's amazing. Amen? Amen. And so, you know, but... Jesus doesn't only connect us to God, he connects us to one another. And that's where the, the point two is connected by Christ. Now, let's look at Ephesians 2, and we're going to read 11 through 22 again. And I know we're, we're going back to the scripture. In this passage, if you don't understand exactly what they're talking about, it's super confusing. Um, but it doesn't take a whole lot to, to get it. He's, it's layered in history, okay? And he's talking about these two people and these two bodies and you were Gentiles and you were the circumcised and, and, and you were foreigners and aliens and all of this. And his point is going, look, you were Jews and you had no place in the promised people of Israel. So Gentiles thought the, the Jews were crazy because they only had one God. Jews thought... Everybody else was deficient because they weren't the people of God. And there was just this weird enmity between the two. You know, if you were a Gentile, you're a different group. You're a whole different type of people. And then you have the people of God. So it's two different bodies. Two different nations. Two, I mean, and let alone like hundreds of nations. But he's saying, you're, you're so different. And there's this hostility between you. And you didn't get along. And, and sometimes you hated each other. Right? And he's writing to these Ephesians where in Ephesus there was riots when people are trying to, Paul is trying to teach about Jesus. I mean, they're like, kill him. You know, I mean, it just riots are happening. Things are going on. I mean, it, it, this is because they were opposing or doing something that would, you know, work against the gods that were there and people's money and livelihoods. I mean, it was, it was a mess. Talk about hostility. Okay? And now he's writing to these Christians and telling them about, hey, that hostility that was there, it can still be there in the church. And you guys need to realize who you are by Christ. Right? How you've been connected by Christ. And that's what he's writing about. So when we read this passage, keep that in mind. When you hear the two different groups made to one group and you had all this hostility. And, and now, because this sort of hostility still exists in our world. This hostility can even exist in, in a church where we feel like, you don't get me, you don't get me, whatever, we're different. Jesus is saying, it, it, the Spirit is saying, it doesn't matter, we're a family. Okay? So let's read this passage together. In verse 11 it says, Therefore remember that formerly you who were Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, that done in the body by the hands of men, Remember that at that time you were separated from Christ, excluded 
from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenant of the promise without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of two, thus making peace. And in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and he preached peace to you. Who were far away and peace to those who were near for through him. We both have access to the father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people, members of God's household built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. And in him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. All right, so why is this significant? You know, because we as people were not made to be alone. Right? We talked about in the beginning. We're, we're made like God in His image to, to be beings of relationship and connection. And we're not meant to be isolated. We're not meant to be uh, separated or alone all the time. We're made to have relationships. You know, there is a reason why there's people arguing that we should not have solitary confinement in prisons. Why? Because people lose their minds. Like, it is cruel and unusual punishment to isolate somebody from all human contact. Because it, it, it tears apart who we are as, as human beings. It's a for, it is a form of torture. Because we're made in our base being to be people of relationship. Okay? And so when we think about why we need these relationships. We realize, though, that we have built barriers in our lives. We have confined, sin has confined us to our own prisons and our own cells. And and Jesus has, has brought in the wrecking ball to just wipe them away. And And we have the opportunity, and we can, and I use even these words, opportunity and can, because sometimes we don't, Right, live as though we have no barriers. Sometimes we, we re- try to re-resurrect some, or we, we still, even though there's no more walls, we stay in our little rooms. You guys with me? Yeah. You know, and... So why is this important? Because people desire close relationships. And in the kingdom, we have the incredible opportunity to, to have quality relationships with depth. And we can do this Because of Jesus. By becoming a Christian, you know, we enter the kingdom of God. And we experience grace and mercy like none of us have ever known before. If you really understand what Jesus has done. 
Right? And, and Jesus calls us to make... When, when we start studying the Bible about becoming a Christian, one of the things that we do is we talk about, hey, who are you really? What's your life really look like? What is your sin? What is... You know, are you just deserving? If, if, you, if you have pride and you view yourself as high and mighty... That already divides relationship. You know what I mean? It sets you apart. And Jesus goes, no, no, no. You have to be humble. You have to be sincere. You can't become a Christian until you deal with who you really are. And then when we approach our, all other relationships with that level of humility and sincerity, and we know who we are, and as he writes, he's like, you were dead in your sins and transgressions. You didn't, you didn't deserve anything that you were about to get or, or that we're going to get or we have received. And he says, no, 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 we've got such rich mercy. When we get that, when we understand that, I mean, we want to give it to others. And, and that understanding of our mercy that we've been given and the understanding of the grace we've been shown comes from our connection to Jesus. The more connected we are to Christ, the more we see how good he's been to us. Am I not right? And so then we can pour that out onto our other relationships. And again, I use these words, we can, and we have the opportunity to pour out grace and to pour out mercy. And when you live in a community where grace and mercy abound, what happens? You let your guards down, right? Because I can trust you that you're going to treat me with grace and mercy, right? And again, it's an opportunity, and we can, when we are close to Jesus. And so I think it's an encouragement to all of us to not only enjoy the joy that comes with experiencing what we've been given in Jesus, but to be able to extend that into the church and and open that to our relationships with one another. So... I just, I think about this and I go, maybe why don't we sometimes? And I think it's just because we're not close to Christ. You know, I want to encourage us that when grace is recognized, we so easily extend it. Let's fight to be close to Jesus. And it's got to, we've got to come to Jesus first. If you don't come to Christ first, you're not going to have what you really need to build the relationships you want to build. And, and the same thing. If you're feeling like, I want these relationships, I want these relationships, I want these relationships, then leave your box of confinement. You can't wait for somebody else to always just come to you. Like, be the initiator. Be the one who gets out and goes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start talking. Okay? And, and I'm going to start sharing. And, and I'm going to start asking not just, just putting, this is what's going on with me, but going, what's going on with you? Let me draw you out. And, and let that be your initiative. Yeah. Right? Because if you're just waiting for somebody to ask you all the time, why is nobody asking me? Stop waiting for somebody to ask you. You go ask somebody else. Yeah. Right? And if we all do that as a community, with the spirit of sincerity, humility, grace, Mercy and those things abounding. Oh my goodness! What's the, what's the church? The level of relationships, the 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 fun we're gonna have. Most people are too insecure to dance because they're afraid of looking like a fool. And except Emmett, Emmett just is he kills it. You know, the New Year's party, Emmett was just going and throwing down, right? But but when we are 
so secure. Now, I'm not saying if you never dance around people that you're just, you have no connection, whatever. But it, it's saying, look, when we get really confident and we trust who we're with and we don't have to worry about what people are thinking about us and we're just, we're not worried about being fools. We're not worried about, it doesn't matter if it's, if it's dancing or sharing our feelings or crying tears, you know, or just screaming our brains out because we're so frustrated and you just took somebody else with you because you're just, and you need somebody else to be there with you. I don't know if that makes sense, but occasionally if you've ever just had pent-up emotion and you wanted to go somewhere and just let it out, uh, I've done that a few times with people, um, and it was weird, but I also felt like they got me. And they, they felt like, wow, he's feeling a ton. You know? But in a, a relationship where there's no more dividing walls because of Jesus? What kind of incredible relationships and community is that? You know what I'm saying? And we're connected by Christ. And that's the thing we need to be focusing on. You know, that we can be this. You know, and, and as I said, I, I think just, I want to hit this really quickly. Um, I think within the relationships, we've got to realize that a society that's so interconnected and yet simultaneously disconnected, it's because technology... I believe, can stand as an obstacle to us. Okay? It can super help us. Okay? It's an amoral... It is is neither good nor bad. Okay? So it can be really helpful or really hurtful. But when we use it and we're so addicted to it that it keeps us from having real human interaction, we need to start making some serious questions on on whether or not it has a place or, or if we can put some real restrictions on what's hindering us in the full life in Christ that we're able to have. Because it's keeping your relationships constricted and confined. It's killing you spiritually. And we need to put, a, put some of those things away. And that's why, you know, um, I realized I was doing it even recently. I was uh, at, at the Beer Horse house with the Leafs and we were all hanging out. And I had my phone out. On two different times I realized I pulled out my phone and I started reading the news. I'm in the same room with some people that I love. And I'm reading the news rather than just interacting with them. And, and I had to make a purposeful effort to like... Okay, I have to turn this off. I have to be present. I have to be here because I want to be here. You know, and, and if I don't, then I need to go in the other room for a couple minutes and then come back and be giving. But, so what we did is, Kristen and I talked and we've initiated a new rule in our house. If we're going to have a devotional or we're going to have something like that in our home, we're going to have a bin. And, and when you come in, you're going to put your phone in the bin. Okay, so if you use your Bible on the phone, I, bust, I pulled out like, we did this the other night with all the young professionals. I pulled out like nine Bibles, put them all on the table. I said, everybody's got to put your phone in the bin. And everybody got their phone in the bin, and we put it away. And honestly, I felt like it was awesome. I mean, because it was almost like everybody realized, oh, right, like I'm really going to be here. And when they, they knew the why, because I explained it, and I mean, nobody, everybody was present. They were there. Nobody was like flipping through what's the newest thing on Instagram or the most notifications that I got just now and, and, and checking that email. We were present. And it was just awesome. And that's something we want to try to continue to do throughout the year when we do that in our house. But how can we do that just trying to figure out how to do it? Leave it in our coat pocket, you know, just when we're with other people. Does that make sense? Let's, let's fight against the things that pull us away in our relationships, that... that are keeping us from having the fullness of relationship in Christ. Um, all right, last point, and, and I'm going to try to hit this quickly because I know it's been a little while, but 
Let's, let's just talk about being connected for Christ. Alright? If you're connected for Christ, that means it's not a living for Christ. It's a concept of we are connected to our communities for Christ. Okay? Connected to the community for Jesus. You know, look at verse, uh, look at verse 9, or look at verse 10 really quickly, excuse me. It says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. What is the good work that he's talking about? I believe that there's a ton of good works. So he says good works he's prepared for us to do. So I think there's many. I want to focus in on one this morning. Okay? Alright? I want to talk about how we love those who are in need around us in our community. Alright? How do we love the hurting and the needy? And, And why do we do it? We do it because Jesus first loved us. You know, we, that God has, has poured out his love through Jesus and that we are able to love people as a key part of our discipleship. You guys with me? Yeah. All right. Turn over to Matthew 25 really quick. scripture makes you a little uncomfortable, um, well, it makes me uncomfortable too. Okay? Verse 31. says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in the heavenly glory. All nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will come to those on his right. Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. The kingdom is prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed into the internal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat and I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. Then they also will answer, Lord. When did we see you hungry or thirsty or stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you 
did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. I'll be honest, that scripture makes me incredibly uncomfortable. Because I don't feel like I do enough to love and serve the needy, the, the, those who um, are poor, that need help. I mean, I, I feel that. But I think that if we're in our Bibles and we're close to Jesus, I don't think we can ignore that. Right? I think it's, it's saying, hey, we connect to our, our communities for Christ. And, and I think for Christ for this reason, because... Here he says, hey, if you did it for them, you did it for me. It's as if you were loving me. If, if you give them a hug, if you give them a cup of water, if you give them something of what they need, it's as if you are loving me, Jesus. That's why it's, I was always told, you know, before I had kids, if you want to love a parent, love their kids. Because yeah. I was like, okay, sure. Now I have a kid. I have two. And I get it. So trust me, it's true. But it's similar when Jesus says, hey, I love them. If you love them, it's like you're loving me. Does that make sense? So we need to look within our communities. And and I, I think that there is a real element of absolutely. Do we need to do more for the poor? I definitely think so. Right? And we're going to talk more about that in some length uh, in, in, a, in a soon future sermon on how we are reaching our communities for Christ and loving them because we love Jesus. Because they need to be loved. But because we love Jesus, it's, it's, we, want to, we want to feel like we're loving Christ. And that's how we can do it. But I think that here... It's not just the poor in the community. It's not just those who are needing clothes, I think. The rich white guy in the next room in in the cubicle whose marriage is falling apart. He is a broken, hurting human being who needs love. You guys get what I'm saying? Because I picked that because, you know what? I don't think of the rich white guys needing a whole lot. And yet, that person is in just as much need. And, and that's why I want to just open our eyes and help us understand. It can be anybody. When you love anybody in need, you are loving Jesus. You are, you are loving people when you love like Him. And so we love for Christ. We connect to our communities for Christ. Because as we extend that love and we show anybody, it doesn't matter who it is, our enemies, our friends, you know, hopefully the, the, the people we just don't know yet. We are loving Jesus when we love those people. And that's why it's, it's as we're connected to Christ, we're able to do that more easily, and it extends it out. It's how we can really love someone, love Jesus back, is by loving other people. So I, I want to encourage us to think about these things. <clears throat> to think about how we're going to connect to Jesus more this year. How we're going to spend the time in our Bibles and in prayer. But not only that, is how we're going to connect to God and, and that we can connect to God. How are we going to connect to one another as disciples? And, and Because we don't have the barriers anymore. But we do need to step out of our little boxes and in, be the initiator. Right? And, and to go for it. And, and how we're going to love for Christ. Be connected to our communities for Christ. This year, let's let's love people. Let's fight for this. Let's let's be the church that I know we already want to be. So let's be.
Let's connect. Amen.